And Pastor Byron is going to come up. And give us a message today. We're excited. (laughs) We're all excited. And Byron's going to get excited as soon as he starts. Yeah, he gets, he warms up. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the word. We thank you for the foundation that doesn't shift or change. Lord, we just, we eat your word today. We say that your word gives life. Your word gives stability in unstable times. We just ask you to anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to be open and our eyes to see, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for giving us revelation from your word today. We just bless Byron, Lord, with anointing, Lord, and the grace of the Holy Ghost. Let him flow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The worship was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, how many men in here are 50 years old or under? Raise your hand. Stand up. Yeah, stand up. Yeah. 50 years old. And if you're 51, you know, you can, you know, 52. Don, Don Gein, you just missed it by a couple years, so you don't get to stand. The reason I'm having you stand, I'm going to pray for you. I want you to, if there's somebody near you, uh, I want you to lay hands on them. Um, if you son or grandson or somebody in your family or somebody that you love that's 50 or younger, I want you to lift them up in prayer also because there's definitely, uh, one of the things I was seeing this morning during the worship, which was so awesome, was there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. But the cool thing about it is God is on is on his white charger. I saw that, you know, and he is here to bring victory, okay? And I believe, you know, this generation has been targeted by the devil. The devil wants to take you out. The devil wants to, you know, discourage you. He wants to ki- he's tried to kill some of you, uh, tried to kill Scott Forsyth. He's tried to kill Luis Sosa, uh, but he didn't. Um, but we want to pray uh, the blessing over you. And the fire guard. Make sure everybody has. Y'all look around. If you don't, if you're not laying hands on somebody, make sure everybody has hands laid on them. That's standing up. And let's just begin to pray and just break the uh, commission of the devil, because his. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we're just bringing, lifting up this man. They stand here representing uh, this generation that's coming up, and that's going to be a major threat in the earth, Lord, for the kingdom of heaven. And we are just calling out to you today for, for every lie, every deception, every gnawing spirit, every accusing spirit, every murdering spirit. We break the power. We break the commission off of this generation. We break the commission off these men standing here today, Lord. And we declare the commission of Jesus Christ over their life. Lord, we declare the commission of Jesus Christ over their finances, over their homes, over their children, Lord, over over their business, Lord, over their callings and ministry, Lord, over their very hearts and health, Lord, and well-being. We declare that today, Lord, and we come against this plan of the devil, Lord, and we agree with you today. We take up the sword of the Spirit today, and we speak it forth with you and say we break this power over this generation, Lord. We break it over these men standing in this room and those that we love and are connected with in the name of Jesus. 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 We say no more devil. No more. You can't have them. You can't take them out. You can't have them. You can't have them. They belong to Jesus. They belong. They're his sons. They belong to the king. Well, they belong to the king. And if you're standing up this morning and you truly don't belong to the king, now's a good time to belong to him. Now's a good time to say yes to him. If you've drifted away from him, now, man, men, it's your time to stand up and be men and, and let Jesus be Jesus as king inside of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these men. Lord, we bless them. We thank, we're thankful for them, Lord. We're thankful they're, they're here. We thank for our sons and our grandsons, Lord, our brothers, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Woo. Yep. Okay. Now. I've done that. You got to do your business right. Oh yeah. Yep. I hope everybody's good. I feel like I haven't really uh, been here. I, actually, I was just gone a week, but I feel like I've not been here forever. Do y'all feel that? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. We didn't know you weren't here. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm not taking that personal. I'm really not. We did go to River Life Chapel Hill last week, and that was really awesome. It was like the best time in worship there since they've started that church, and so we were really happy about that and, you know, what God's doing there. Because, you know, that's a really tough place up there, right? I mean, you, you know, uh, a lot of you know that I'm not a liberal person. And that's a liberal world up there. So I'm thankful that River Life is up there to declare who we are. Amen. Yes, and amen. So, wow, that that was so good this morning. You know, uh, you know, just even that video with that guy talking about all the things we've gone through in our country in the last over you know year and a half or so, and it's just been like a major major time, right? I mean, it's like uh, it's, you know, when I go through really amazing hard things, it kind of feels surreal to me when I get through I'm like did I really go through that <laughs> you know I got through it and so we've really been through that and we've been stretched a lot right I mean a lot of people have been stretched and I'll tell you a lot of people's relationship with the Lord suffered uh, during that time and a lot of people's relationships with each other suffered can you believe that I'm talking about in the church the relationships were strained and stretched you know, because of what was going on and all the different opinions and, you know, that political spirit that got into the church, you know, and that divisiveness around the mask or no mask. I mean, it's just like a, you know, major demonic attack that was really happening to the church. It, really, it was really, you know, really wasn't the Lord on any level. And so, you know, one of the things that I think, though, that God allowed, you know, God allowed that to happen to us, right? I mean, it's not like he was oblivious to it. He allowed, he allows things to really reveal things, right? He really does. He wants to reveal things. He wants to reveal areas where we, where there's weakness and there are areas where, you know, that he wants to address and, you know, one of the things the Lord's been speaking to me about on a personal level recently is about judging and people. And he basically told me, you have no right to judge anyone. And he even reminded me of a judgment I had against somebody from years ago. I mean, this is a long time ago, <laughs> like way long time ago, the other lifetime ago. And, you know, the judgment turns to criticism, Right? We had this critical attitude towards a person that I haven't seen in, you know, 25, 30 years. But, you know, the Lord was showing me, you, you have no right to that. You have no right to judge them. You can look at what a person's doing and say what they're doing is wrong, but you can't go against them. You can't bring accusation against them. Because when you do that, you're doing the ministry of the devil. He's the accuser, and he stands and accuses and so when we bring accusation and criticism against people, no matter what, we have no right to bring accusation against Joe Biden. I'm going to tell you all, I know some of you don't like that thought, but let's stick with what the Bible says and forget your opinion this morning. Our job in this, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. We really need to be interceding for our government and not, you know, launching more, you know, doo-doo bombs at them. You know? And I believe that we'll begin to, to begin to speak life towards them. And my prayer for, for the president and vice president is, Lord, save them. That is my main prayer. Save those people. Lord, they need salvation. And if they get saved, then they can begin to see something different. And maybe begin to govern different. You know? You know what I'm saying? And that's really what we have to do. 
We must do that. That's our job as the body of Christ. We're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to have grace upon our lips, is what the Bible calls it, and to speak forth life. Instead of, and the world does not need any more death spoken over it, y'all. Stop speaking death. We have the power of life. The power of our tongues can bring forth life. If we begin to speak the word of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean we agree with things. Like I said, the Lord said you have no right to judge anyone. You can look at what a person does and say, that's wrong what they're doing. But you cannot go after them. Now, listen, you, you must stop doing that. If you're doing that, stop. Because you are participating in a demonic thing. And that's going to cause the demonic thing to get into your household. You hear what I'm saying? You can't agree with the devil and not expect some the devil to visit you. He's going to visit you if you begin to you know, go along with his ministry of accusation and his ministry of criticism. Well, I wasn't planning on saying all that. Anyways. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, Holy Spirit, come on. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I wanted to say, uh, I would never get through this message. I'm just, it's just, I'm just ruined, okay? Dale, where are you? Where are you? Where's Dale? She was in here, right? Stand up, Dale. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Yes. <laughs> Listen, a few weeks ago, I'm kind of way behind, like, right? I'm behind a few weeks. She stood up here and gave this testimony. Remember you doing that? About prayer. I loved her testimony because she said, you know, she signed up to go in the prayer room, and the prayer room, you have an hour to pray, and she said, I can only pray three minutes. What am I going to do for the rest of 57 other minutes? I thought, oh, thank God, there's somebody like me out there. <laughs> Except she's beating me by a minute. I got good two minutes, and after that, I'm like, okay, what are we talking about, Lord? <laughs> But I really appreciate what she said, how she went through the, the phone list and prayed for everybody. Wasn't that sweet? And I just want to thank you for saying that. I feel like that God is going to reward you, you know, because you're praying for people. There's somebody greater praying for you, okay? And that's the Lord himself, and he's going to intercede on your behalf. I want you to know that. God's going to intercede in your life and do something for you. So expect something something special, okay? All righty. So, but the thing, I wanted to say that, I've been thinking about that for three weeks. <laughs> the thing that, that I feel like for me, okay, that I want to do now is I want to pursue the kingdom of heaven. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do with my life, Okay? I want to go after the kingdom of God more than ever. And one of the things that, that I've realized, uh, the older you get, you know, I remember when I was a young believer, Arthur Burt, I've talked to y'all about Arthur Burt many times, right? He was like a father to us. He's with the Lord now. Look him up if you've never heard of Arthur, not Burke, but B-U-R-T, Burt. An amazing man. But one of the things I remember him saying, you hear, this was back, you know, 80s, maybe early 80s, but he was talking about, at that time, I think he'd been a, a believer for like 60 years or something, like, you know, which was like mind-blowing to me at that point. Anybody could be a Christian that long and still be alive. <laughs> but he said, that, he said this. He said, that can be a terrible liability to be a Christian that long. A, li a liability a liability. You've been walking with the Lord for 60-something years, and it, it could be a liability to you. And I thought about that. I mean, I just thought. And, but here's the thing. The further I have gone with the Lord, the, real, the more at that time I really wasn't getting it. I, I was sort of like, what the heck, man? You know, it's a liability to be with God that long. But what he was saying is if, if we depend on if we depend on who we are in the Lord, if we depend on all our experience and all our journey that we've had, if that's what we're depending on, then it becomes a liability. It doesn't become an asset into our life. 
And the further I feel like I've walked with the Lord, the more I felt this, this neediness of God, this dependence on the Lord, where I've, I feel a need for God in my life. I feel a desperate need for God. And I know some people don't like that thought and, and even like the word desperate because we have God, right? We have everything. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We have the blood. We have the Holy Ghost living in us. We've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Most of us are praying in tongues and, and most of us have flow in the Spirit and have prophetic anointings and have seen God do mighty things. Isn't that right? We've had that. We've seen the Lord move. We've seen His power. We really have. Most of you in this room have experienced the power of God on some level in your life. You've tasted of the age to come. But that's all it was. It was just a taste. It was just a taste. There's more to God than we've ever known. Although we have it all, we have not experienced it all. And to take something beautiful, like we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place, we got it all, and walk, walk out the door arrogantly, is one of the great tragedies of Christianity. It should break our hearts. It should break us on the inside that we have all this, yet look, what are we walking in? What are we experiencing? How, how's that working out in our life? How's that working out with my relationship with my wife? How's that working out in my relationship with my friends? You know, everyday life. How's that working out? How am I treating them? How, how am I being treated? You know, that's a, that's a thought, you know. So, because, hey, let's, let's face it, life is complex, right? This, this is a complex, relationships are super complex. They really are. Nobody that I know I don't know of any married couple that stayed married because of romance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nobody does that. In fact, most women will stand up in here and want to slap their husbands over the romance thing. Except maybe a couple. I know one couple guys are kind of romantic. But, I'm, you know, me and Becky didn't stay married because of ro- romance. There were days... <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's the truth. I hate to say it. (laughs) But let me tell you, there were days we stayed married for both of us. And for many of you in this room, we stayed married because we made a vow. We made a commitment. That's why we stayed married. Because of that. And I'll tell you this, it applies to God. Nobody nobody has followed to God for 50-something years. I'm in my, no, I'm in my 40-something. I'm getting close to 50 years I have not followed God all these years because of romance with God. Because of this passion and love that I feel with God all the time. That is not what it is. You know, that's not what it is. And nobody has good long-term friends because it's a beautiful friendship all the time. Every friend, every real friend I have, I've had issues. And they've probably had more issues with me. There's been friction. There's been difficulties. You know, but by the grace of God, my long-term friends, I've been able to walk through things and still be friends with them, right? Not because it was always a beautiful friendship and they always made me feel good and said good things. Sometimes they made me feel bad, you know. Sometimes I didn't want to see them. You know, are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, well, there's a point to all this. So now I'm going to try to bring in the kingdom of God into this. This, this is what I feel. For the, for the kingdom to manifest, we had to, we had to be acutely aware of our dependence on God. And we had to be acutely aware that it's, it's relational. It's relational with Him and it's relational with people. That's really the truth that if you look at it now, now listen, I'm going to prove that to you. I'm, some of you may not believe that. And this is the thing that I think is so important is prayer. I think in the, ter- in, in, in the terms of relationship, prayer is essential. It's essential with our relationship with God. It, that's a duh, right? Everybody knows you need to have some kind of talk with God, right? We call that prayer, talking to God. We know that relationships and marriages, there has to be communication 
between the two people. There has to be a talk. There had to be conversations. Sometimes they're hard conversations. Sometimes they're amazing conversations. But they have to be conversations. Between friends, there have to be conversations. Con- you know, conversations is the, way is the way this whole relationship thing works. Listen to this, okay? Are you all with me this morning? Thank you. I don't know. Yes. Come on. This is amazing. Listen to this. These people said Jesus, well, they said it in one place. Another place they didn't say it. He just said it. I love how Jesus is. He gives us different people's views. Matthew's view of this, it was just part of what Jesus was saying. In this matter, manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Of course, there's many people who think that's an illegitimate prayer now because all that's already happened. Here's the problem with that lie. The king was standing right there. Are you hearing me? The king of everything, the king of the kingdom was standing there saying, pray like this. Okay. Did y'all get that? The king was there. So this is this prayer. Number one, this is what Jesus said prayer is all about. He's boiled it down. Two things. One, recognizing every moment of every day in your life that you are dependent on him. That's the first thing. Every moment that your life depends on him. Your needs depend on him. You have a dependency on God. You need God bad. You need Him in your life. You need Him to intervene in your life. You need Him to speak to you. You need Him to touch you. You need Him to save your hide. You need to save... Scott, you needed Him to save you. And He saved you. When the devil was trying to take you out, tell me we don't need God. When Scott Forsythe... Can I use you as an example, Mr. Scott? Yes. Scott knows I love him. When Scott Forsythe has this, uh, what was it? Something. Pulmonary embolism. And suddenly his heart, Scott Forsythe's heart stopped beating. Don't you think when people heard that and began to storm heaven? It makes a difference. We need him. And it's expressed, really, this need is expressed in worship. Hallowed be your name. That's what it says. That's how we express this need of God, this, this amazing man of God, that he's, he's the Father and that we worship him. We give him the honor due his name. We give him the glory due his name. We, are you hearing what I'm telling you? And the next thing he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. This is some, I don't know who said this. Maybe you said it. But someone said prayer is having input on the outcome. Prayers have an input on the outcome. In other words, you're looking for an outcome. Scott Forsyth, he don't need to die. He needs to live. We had some input on him sitting here today. We did. You did. I did. His wife and family, his mom and daddy. That's what prayer is, is having that. That's, that's what it's all about. It's about relationship with others. That's relational. It's relational. It's to bring his kingdom into this world and bring his will into this world, bring him into the situation and circumstances, the brokenness, the sickness, the awful stuff that's happening with people. That's really, that's really what it is. That's really why I feel like God really is really stirring his kingdom. And I feel like the, for me personally, the way this whole kingdom thing works, it starts in prayer for me. It starts in prayer. It starts in worship. To me, that's where, where, where it's all about. It all begins there for me. It all begins there and really all ends there. You know? That it's all about relationships. And that we can't really be a part of a kingdom apart from relationships. You know? That's why it said, our Father. He didn't say, pray my Father. He said, our. The our and our. There really is power in our. See, that's something we're missing in the body of Christ today. We're missing the power in our. Because God created mankind to live in community. I'm shifting gears on you a little bit now. God created us to live in community. 
God created us to have fellowship. God created us. That's why they created, Jesus created the church because he wanted a community of people that could come together and worship him and have an impact on society. That they would come together and worship God together and have impact on other people. That's what the church does. That's what the church is supposed to do. That's why he created and said, you, you can have a personal relationship with the Lord, and we would never want to undermine your personal relationship with the Lord, right? But let me just tell you this. Apart from a, a believing community, you are undermining your relationship with the Lord. You are. You are undermining. If you're not a, a vital part, am I talking to anybody in this room? You know, and that's why Jesus said, our, our Father. Am I just being too ridiculous? You know, you know, God himself is a community guy. He's big on community. He lives up in heaven in community with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus. You know, he didn't live alone. Oh, there, you got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're up there having a big, good old fellowship communion time. And what he has done, he created us as people who are in his image and he's put that in us. He's put that desire in us. He's put that need in us. He's invited us into that, that community. Amen. Can I read this verse to you? Thank you. This is a famous verse. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. I don't know that we've ever read this verse in this church. I have it anyway. But I have read this verse many times. It says, two are better than one. Yay, because they have a good reward for their labor, not your labor, their, meaning more than one. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, don't make that about sex. <laughs> Y'all, yeah, I know you are. They will keep, you know what people do? They will keep warm. You know what they do when people are freezing to death? Y'all want to know? I'm talking about when they're really freezing to death. Like, they're, they're going to die. It's so cold. They take all their clothes off and get together. Now, that'd be a rough night. <laughs> unless it was your wife. That would be a really rough night if it was your guy friend. Like, oh, God. I think I'm time to go to heaven. <laughs> I would have to really pray about it. Like, Lord, I got to pray about this. I ain't sure about huddling up next to Marlon all night naked. I just, I, that, ain't, that, ain't in my, that ain't in my wheelhouse, Lord. If you want me to live, how about sending a fire down from heaven to keep us warm? You know, because I ain't sure about this business. You know, now, Becky, I'll be happy. Anyway, let's just move on from there before Becky gets mad and starts throwing stuff at me. Okay. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily breaking. So here's what you have. You have like these four basic areas of life. Number one, your work life. That's what he says. They have a good reward for their labor. Okay, the next one is during moments of weakness when a person falls. Everybody has moments of weakness when they need help. Basic survival, keeping warm. You've got to stay certain temperature to, to, to live. Uh, during moments of being attacked. And see, what he's trying to tell us is it's not that it's evil and wrong for a person to be alone. He's just saying the key word there, it's better if you live life with others because you can have help when you need it. That's, that's what he's telling us right there. That's a real fundamental thing about living on this earth that God wanted us to know because God didn't create us to live alone. And that's why he said it's better for you not to be by yourself and to have others with you. Isn't that powerful? I think it's really powerful. One of the great stories in the Bible is in Exodus 17. You know, uh, Israel, the children of Israel were out there fighting this battle, I think, with the Amalekites. And, Mo and the Lord had such a powerful anointing on Moses. As long as Moses held his hands up, right, they were winning the battle. But after a while, he got tired. And he put his hands down. And the moment he put his hands down, Israel began to lose the battle. 
He couldn't hold it. And you know what they did? They took and put stones up under his arms, stacked stones up where his arms could sit like that. And I think uh, Aaron and her held his hands where they would hold up. And they won the fight. They won the battle. But if they would not have done that, they have, well, they would have lost the fight. See, Moses, it wasn't just Moses anointing on. He needed others around him to help him do what God had called him to do. Isn't that a powerful story? That's very powerful. And that's really what God's called us. Let me read this. Are y'all okay? If you're not, that's not my fault. This is a, this is a well-known verse, but if you really think about it, it's like amazing. Uh, Matthew 18, 19 through 20. This is Jesus speaking. Again, I say to you that if two of you, two of you, agree on earth concerning, listen, anything. Think about that word, anything. That's, that's a big word, anything. He didn't say, well, don't talk about this, don't agree on this, don't agree on that. No, he said anything. That's what Jesus said, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's stunning. So we got everything from God, but we're not living that very well, are we? We need to, this is the kind of stuff we got to start tapping into, y'all. Because this is a promise from him. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So this is two things that Jesus promised people. One, if, if you're together and there's true unity, there's true accountability, that he will answer the prayers. And two, he guarantees his presence to be with you. I mean, is that a deal? I mean, is that the best deal ever? I think it's one of the best deals in the Bible. Like, wow, we get this. This is ours. We had to lay hold of this. We can claim his presence. The church, the body of Christ can claim his presence. We can claim his presence. His presence is with us. Lord, make us aware of your presence. We have the power of answered prayer if we will have true unity and true agreement, true accountability of one another. I think that's pretty good. Here's another one I love here. Let me read this. Okay, 1 John 1, 3. This is uh, John the Apostle speaking his, his letter that he wrote, not his gospel, but his letter. He said, oh, man, I love this one. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. That which we have seen. Not, not I have seen, we have seen. We've seen this. We've heard this that you may have fellowship with us. Are y'all getting these, these words? And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. In other words, there's this invitation here. Wow, this is powerful. There's an invitation for revelation. They're saying what we've seen and heard in our fellowship with the Father and Son we want you to be able to enter into that. And here's the truth. When you get around people who have revelation and you begin to tap in and hear that revelation and experience that revelation, guess what happens to you? You know that scripture, deep calls to deep? You know the, the revelation that's in you starts stirring up. Have you ever been around somebody every time you're around them, something spiritual happens in your life? like some kind of dream or some vision, like somebody who really walks in that. I remember Bob Jones, 100% of the time, every time I was around that man, I would have some kind of spiritual encounter. Why? Because of that verse right there. That's why. It's because there's something that happens. It's an avenue of revelation. And when we begin to receive other people's revelation that they've received from the Lord, it stirs us. It causes a thing in us to begin to, to, to rise up. And if we'll allow it, we can begin to tap in to our own revelation. Amen? And God's calling us to do that. God's calling us to be those people. Uh, wouldn't you like that? How many people love revelation? How many people want revelation? Well, who's, let me put y'all's hand down. The rest of you didn't raise your hand. Can I ask you a question? Why did you come to church today? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Oh, if you don't love revelation, this is, 
This should make you love. Our fellowship is with the Father and Son. And we're declaring what we heard in their presence to you. Oh, wow. I'm living for that, man. It'll spark something in you. You know, that's one of the reasons I want to say this. One of the dreams is for me is I just really long to be in real fellowship with people. And that's one of the reasons is because they're carrying something. They're carrying a part of God that I don't know. They're carrying a part of, of life that I've never experienced. And I, I, I really, there's something in me, and it's been in me from the moment I was born again, that I wanted a connection with other believers. I wanted to be around people that knew God. And I wanted, I, I craved what they had, and I crave it to this day. I, that's why I love to hear people talk about their relationship with the Lord and what God's shown them. I, I, don't, you, don't you feel that? Don't you feel that there's something in you that just stirs in you? That, you, that causes you to hunger. I, it makes you realize there's more to God. I've never heard God talked about like that. I've never seen God like you see Him. And that's what real fellowship does. Listen, I'm going to read this verse to you. I'm, I'm getting close to being done if you're, if you're bored. <laughs> yeah. Better letters. <laughs> Hey y'all! It's amazing because this week um, I didn't. I never know what Byron's going to preach on, but I was sharing with someone this very thing um, about. I wish Jim and Kathy Hill were here today, but um, we would probably not be standing here if it were not for Jim and Kathy Hill. We became friends with them as young people. We were freshly married, no children, and Jim and Kathy. You know, Jim's about 10 years older than me. Kathy's a few years older than me. How 20, 20. But we became friends, and there was such influence that came into our lives for ministry, for passion for the Lord, commitment, fellowship, community, all the things that I believe without that today. And then we were, you know, our early days was in a community church where there was actually a People lived together. It was the Jesus movement, and that was just a move of God. And so we, Byron and I came into that early in our relationship, um, you know, married, early married. And, you know, our stand-up, Don and Linda Gein. This is a mama and papa in the faith right here. That we came up under their wing because we came into this place of knowing how important it was to be a part of a body and to have mom and dad speaking into our lives and friends that were had gone ahead of us already in the faith and that were making a huge deposit into us. And I just want to encourage you. I don't know this morning. I was thinking about the verse that says, Do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. For some have done that already. And there's something about it in our world that that is happening. And it is a fatal mistake to our spiritual life to forsake the assembly. Now, I know we've had a rough year and there's been a lot of reasons for it. But the enemy has gone after that. And there's a reason for it. And I just want to say that today, that it is crucial to the kingdom what Byron is preaching today. That we don't let what the influence of the culture that is happening today to take away from us. Because living in the kingdom is vital to, to us. And what is how that happened is being in community, being in connection, and finding people that are ahead of us and latching on and going after it. That's the way it works. It's the way it works. Amen. Seemed like I stole Becky's message. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen to this verse here. This is a sort of a, you know, foundational verse in our life. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's Paul's benediction to the Corinthians after he went through two, two books of them, two, you know, 
let them have it. But this is what's so beautiful about this. Yeah, he did let them have it pretty good, you know, because they needed it, right? But then he, he, you know, worked it out with them. But that's what he left them with. He left them with the Father's love, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and communion, fellowship. Those are like three major revelations that God has released into our lives. He's released this revelation of God as a father and that he loves us. You know, and if you don't carry that revelation with you, you're going to be in trouble in life. You're going to be in trouble in your Christianity if you don't really know God as a, as a father. I mean, I just, we've said that a billion times. I think we're going to have to say it a billion more times because it's like this grace revelation. For years, I thought I had a grace revelation because I was saved by grace. But I realized when I really came into a true revelation of grace, that was just a little teeny thing. That was just the beginning. You know, there's a major revelation of grace. There's a re- major revelation of the Father's love. And there's a major revelation of the communion of the saints, the, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And if we don't carry those revelations, we're missing something in our life. We are incomplete. We're like a two-legged stool. You know, you're going to try to sit on that, and it's going to flip down if you're not carrying all three of those. And I think a lot of people in this room do carry, for sure, the Father's love, the grace. But I think a lot of people in the church in America today has no revelation about communion. That word koinonia, have you all ever heard that word before? Well, back in the 70s, it was the word, right? Because God was releasing that. Cornania means fellowship. It means commonness. It means sharing. It means doing life together. It means hospitality. It means many things. And see, all of these are gifts from the Lord. God gives a church cornania. He gives us the ability to have fellowship. He gives us love, and He gives us grace. Those are all things that God has offered to us. And there are things that God has offered in this church, I'll tell you that now, that, and that God is vital that we carry these things to really be the kind of kingdom people that God's calling us to be. I'm just telling you that now. It's really the truth. It's really the truth. We all okay? Yeah, I think Becky had a really good word there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want you to know what we're talking about is a gift. Okay, it's a true gift, just like a gift. Love is a gift from God. Knowing Him as a Father is a gift, but fellowship's a gift. Commun- having that thing in you, that desire in you, what I was talking about. Gosh, I wish I could just pour that into you. I wish I could just open you up and put what I feel in me. It, what Becky was saying, it has so impacted us to be around people that were going after the Lord. It challenged me. It challenged me. It challenged my carnality. It challenged me about my hiddenness that I wanted to hide myself and withdraw myself because that's sort of my natural inclination. I'm an introvert. I like being with me. All that, I really do. I'm happy with me. But, but when I got around other believers that they, were, they had something I wanted, they had a relationship with God I wanted, it provoked me. God, provoke us. Put people in our life that provokes us. And it will cause us to rise up and not settle for a mediocre Christianity. Not settle for a church Christianity, but a kingdom Christianity. A power Christianity. We want the power of God. We're going to have to kind of do it His way. We're going to have to tap in to the hour of the Our Father. That's what I really believe with all my heart. That's what I'm really going after in my life right now. And I felt like during this time, I'm going to end here, okay? Y'all good? I said that four or five times. Never believe a preacher when they're talking about ending. They're just lying. They're making excuses. When we was going through all that pandemic stuff, you know, and the world stopped and everybody went home, I was thinking, this is totally not how God created the universe. The universe is always moving, always expanding. That's the way God created humanity to be. He didn't create us to isolate. He really didn't. He didn't create us to be isolated from one another and cut ourselves off from one another, whether it's by a pandemic or just your own personal thing that you want to live your life to yourself. He created us to live as a people together 
and make an impact on this world. And we will never do that alone. It just simply will not happen. Y'all looking at me badly. And I'm not, this is, has nothing to do with the, what they did, the government did. They, they did that. We didn't do that. I'm just saying it wasn't, it was not what God wanted, y'all. It was not what God wanted. God does not separate. God does not isolate. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. Never. God gathers. God looks after the lost when he goes after the lost, when he goes after the one that's separated. I wanted to read this Hebrews 13, 1 through 2, although it doesn't use the word. But I think it's important. It's hospitality. Can I finish with that? Y'all good? Let brotherly love continue. That's what this, this is like the conclusion of the most amazing book ever, Hebrews. The book of better things, the better thing being the Lord himself. He's better than everything. (laughs) You can sum up the book. Jesus is better than everything. (laughs) If you wanted to know what Hebrews is about, that's my, so not. Jesus is better than everything. Bring it up, angel. He's better than angels. Uh, Blood sacrifice. He's better than blood sacrifice. You know, I mean, he's got it all. He's the best. You know, and then he says, let brotherly love continue. That's, he's talking about fellowship. So what he's saying, let that continue, let that be. And he spoke to that in Hebrews, that verse Becky quoted about forsaking. And and here he says, let it continue. Let it continue. Then he says, do not forget to entertain entertain strangers. So this is the default of all this. This this could be the downside of fellowship where it's my four and no more. My little group, my little church, my little world, my little community. And I don't want the world coming into my community. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But here he's saying there's strangers out there. There's foreigners out there. Entertain them also. Do your fellowship. Do your love. Do your community. But don't forget about those strangers Don't forget about them. They're out there. They need somebody to welcome them. Because see, that's what God's heart is. He wants everybody in. He don't want just us in. He wants everybody in. He's looking to get everybody. He's looking to get the homosexual. He really is. He's looking to get the gay person, the whatever they call that now, the transsexual, the all of that. He's looking to get the bank robbers. He's looking for them people. He's looking for the Muslims. He's looking for the Hindus. He's looking for the broken, busted people. And he wants, and, and that's why the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, don't forget. And all of this, don't forget this. This is important. And he says, because if you'll do it, something good's going to happen to you. For by doing so, some have, some have unwittingly entertained angels. In other words, when we have a heart of hospitality, it invites God to send messengers from heaven into your life. And you need a message from heaven. You need an angelic thing, being to come and bring you some information. Well, the way you do that is you open your heart up to strangers. You don't close your heart out. That's what it says. There's benefits in the Lord, y'all. There's benefits in the Lord. God wants to benefit us. We sing that beautiful song, Lord, you're enough. And I was thinking, but you know what? He's got some blessings he wants to give. He don't hold everything. You know, he's not my miser. He wants to give it all away. And so he asked us to, to not forget about strangers. And, and again, strangers can be many things. It could be the foreigner. It could be a gay person, you know, for some people, for some people, it could be a Muslim or a Hindu. For some people, listen, for some people, it could be a Democrat. <laughs> I'm serious. For some, that's how bad it's got in Christianity. That guy's a criminal. Don't mess with him. Don't talk to him. You know? He said, don't forget those people because he hasn't forgotten. And he says, if you'll do that, you might have an angel show up in your living room one night when you're at your worst moment and you need something from heaven to come. Amen? All right, we're going to get it. Yeah, let's let's fan. I'm done, y'all. Have I wore y'all down? (laughs) Y'all can stand up. So we're asking the Lord for his kingdom to come. 
and His will to be done in a greater way. We acknowledge that the kingdom is, is here because Jesus said, my kingdom is at hand. Then He said, pray your kingdom come. In other words, what's at hand may it become a reality in my life. Amen? Is that, that's simple enough, right? It ain't, there's nothing complex about that. There's nothing bad theolo- theology about that. That's beautiful theology. It's saying, Lord, Lord, I've been a Christian almost 50 years. And I find myself waking up in the morning saying, Lord, I need you to get through this day. Lord, I need you to make some decisions that I can't make without you. Lord, I, I need you to be able to see what you're seeing and hear what you're hearing, Lord, and respond the way your heart responds. And Lord, I desperately want that in my life. I want people in my life who want that. I want people who can speak the word of the Lord to me. Even when it hurts, I need those people, Lord. I need the brethren, Lord. I need to love the brethren and the sisters. And I need to have a community and a fellowship with them, a koinonia, a sweetness in you, Lord. And Lord, I need to know that there's people who don't have that. And it's my job to bring them to you and let them know that you care about them and that you love them and that you don't reject them and that you're for them, Lord. And so, Lord, we're asking you today, if that's what you want, just say, Lord, that's what I want. Say, I want that, Lord. Give it to me. I want more of it, Lord. More, more, more. More, more, more. Thank you, Lord. Let's just say more, more. More of you, Lord. It's a gift. We can't make it happen. Just more of you, Jesus. More, more, more. More grace, more love, more fellowship. Yeah, release it right now in the name of God. Just a download of grace. Jesus, the grace of Jesus. A download of the Father's love. And a download of the communion of the Holy Spirit today. Mm, thank you, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Hey, we got a ministry team. Do we have one? Got some people who want to pray? Y'all come up here. Anybody who wants prayer for anything, and you would like somebody to pray with you today, we have people that will pray. And some of these people know how to pray well, <laughs> real well. I would come get prayer. And we'll just uh, dismiss you. And Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and give you peace and give you mercy and love. In Jesus' name, amen.